to take two. And next week when you come back, you're going to need two more because you've already passed those up. So this woman, as Lauren, now is going to be on her first Excellent. What a praise. What a praise. Excellent. Well, you know what? Isn't that just how God works? I just love that. Marilyn, you have to meet this really neat lady over here, Barb, which is Pam's mom. She's in Madison, a part of the Tea Party. I said, oh, you'll love Marilyn. She's part of the, she's part of Madison's uh, Republicans. So that's excellent. She's like, not very many around like that. <laughs> excellent. She, 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 she lives in Middleton, and she's over on Lake Monona. We'll use to share that chair. Great. Excellent. All right. All right, let's, um, let's, let's pray. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just so love you, and we just thank you that we can be here. I thank you that uh, we've made it a priority to be here, Lord God. I thank you that... Uh, I just thank you for the glorious day that you've given to us. Look at the weather, God, that you've just you've just bestowed upon us, Jesus. And, and we see you in every molecule of creation. And just like Lynn said, because our, our antenna is up, Lord, and we hear you. We hear you. And so we want to go deeper with you today. We want to go deeper with you today. And so we're asking that, that uh, as we draw near to you, you promised to draw near to us. And so we are drawing near to you. We're asking that you will absolutely pour into us. Uh, and we will allow you to go to the deep parts of our life, the, uh, whatever you need to do to encourage us, to convict us, to, to uh, have us uh, confess sin that we may be walking in, Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, that we may just uh, rejoice in you because uh, you are worthy to be rejoiced in. You're worthy to be praised because just of who you are. And so work in us. Uh, and as the Holy Spirit speaks in general, may he take it in particular to each of the hearts here, Lord, because you know what we need to hear and respond to. So we ask this all in the precious, powerful name of Jesus. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Amen? Excellent. All right. We are in 2 Peter. Uh, 2 Peter follows 1 Peter. Peter, of course, wrote this incredible epistle to believers who uh, had already received the first letter. And the first letter was to encourage them along the way because they had just come to Christ at Pentecost and then they went back to their homes. They felt like strangers and so what happens is is Peter is sending them this incredible epistle uh, written by the Holy Spirit so they're able to walk in the Christian way. Okay, So they're being persecuted, you know. Hugely from without the church, okay? Uh, because it's it's in the time of the Roman Empire, it's the time of Nero, hate Christians, lots of persecution. Enter Second Peter, goes to the exact same people, and it's to say, okay, come on, how are you doing? This is who you are. You're you're participating in the divine nature, which is the Holy Spirit in you, and so he's continuing to to uh, build them up. To build them up. And uh, he's writing this probably two to three years before he's martyred for Christ. And so he's telling them, look, here's the deal. Not only are, are you being persecuted on the outside, but now there are false teachers and, and ugly stuff happening on the inside of the church. And so he warns about how you walk through that. And then he also is sharing, them, sharing with them how you build up, how you continue to keep on participating in the divine nature who lives in you. And then he tells them... Look for the Lord's coming. Here's how you look for the Lord's coming. And so Second Peter is full of encouragement as well, uh, as well as you know the beware and 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 to and to continue to um, add 
you know, as we're looking at these different virtues, right, to add to your faith, which is your groundwork, you know, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance. And we need to do it in that order. Remember, it has to be in that order. You can't go from, for instance, if you have no faith, Okay, in Jesus Christ. I mean, everybody has faith in something. You know that, right? Everybody has a belief system. Everybody does. Okay? It's just who you believe in. Everyone has a belief system. It's just who you believe in. And, and guess what? If you believe sincerely and you're wrong, it, you're still wrong. Are you, are you following me? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? And nobody comes to the Father but Him. So even though you might have an incredible, sincere belief, sincerity doesn't mean anything. It's who you believe in. And it's Jesus Christ, right? Who died for us, lives for us, seated at the right hand of God for us, right? We know that He took our sins for us. And so we come to Him personally, and then we own our own faith. Right? You can't own my faith. I can't own your faith. I tried to live off my mom's faith for 31 years of my life. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. There are no grandchildren in heaven. Right? No grandchildren in heaven. So, so Peter is telling them, okay, here's the deal. Here's how God worked it out. Right? As we're growing up in him, if we continue to add an increasing measure in Second Peter 1 that we've been studying, right, to our faith, the groundwork, goodness, and remember what goodness is, it's arate. Remember? Arate. Goodness. Who we are. Not what we do. Who we are. A-R-E-T-E is the Greek. Arate. In other words, bad people can do good things. Right? Remember in Luke he said, even um, uh, sinners, right? Parents, right? Sinners can give good things to their children. In Luke he said that, right? However, he knows the motivation of our what? Heart of a motivation of our heart. So you may think that this person is doing an incredibly good thing. However, God sees what we look on the outside, God sees what? Inside, right? And he may have a horrendous or she motivation. So therefore, just because they do good doesn't mean that they are good. Are good. The only way that we are good is because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And then we're able to do good by the power of the Holy Spirit because he's the one who's checking your motivation, checking your motivation, right? And so then, because we are good only because of him, because in Jeremiah it says our heart is deceitful, desperately wicked, who can know it, right? That we are good. So we add to our faith who we are in the Holy Spirit. So we've got faith in Christ, what he did for us on the cross. Then who we are, goodness. Then we add to goodness what? Knowledge. Knowledge is not more stuff, knowing more stuff. It's experiencing him more. It's knowing him more. It's infused. It's intercourse. It's where he starts and I stop. You can't tell the difference. It's knowing him more. And we spent weeks on how do you know him more? You know him more through what? Reading what? Reading the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth. Reading the word of God. We know him more through what else? Time spent with him, right? The worship time, worship time. Another, another thing. We know him more by what? Prayer. We know him more through what? Creation. Creation. We know him more through what? Community, right? The community of believers. The community of believers. We know him more through each other, right? That's why I asked you to to write it down. Write your testimony. Who I was, who I am now, who I'm becoming, right? And and to pour into one another about how they have brought you along in Christ Jesus. And write cards or call or email, right? The eulogy isn't necessary. Share now. 
Right? Share now. Okay, and so we know him more. So we get to know more. So we add to our faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge. Knowledge what? Self-control. Self-control isn't about what? It isn't about this. Biting their teeth, trying to lose weight, trying to do this, right? Trying not to take this piece of cake, right? Or trying to do some anger management stuff. It's not about a self-help course. Self-control, uh, as Peter is talking about it, is, is about what? Having... That's perseverance. Self-control is about having the what? Mind of Christ. Good, Deb. Having the mind of Christ. Okay, self-control is having the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who in the form of man, right, took on flesh, right, okay, and, and made himself lower, so who he is, all right? It's, it's the mind of Christ. That's Philippians 2 that I was quoting. So we have the mind of Christ. As you have the mind of Christ, when, remember we, just in review, we talked about when Christ walked through this earth, right? All God, all man... Right? He, as all God, didn't need to have, you know, self-control learned, did he? I mean, walking through this earth as all God, it was a piece of cake. Walking through this earth as all man, he learned obedience. He learned self-control, right? That's why we're saying the mind of Christ. So, so what happens is, as he's, as he's walking through this earth, he absolutely is saying, you know, Lord... Uh, Father, uh, not your will, excuse me, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. And so he is saying, you know, here's, I got the mind of you. I got the mind of you, right? Not my will, but yours be done. If you can take this cup from me, if you can, you know, do anything else other than have me, you know, take the sin of the world on me and you to turn my, your back on me, go ahead and do it. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours, okay? Self-control. Mind of Christ. Mind of Christ, right? And 1 Corinthians tells us we are to take our thoughts, what? Captive unto the obedience of Christ, right? The obedience of Christ. As he walked this earth, the obedience of Christ. So we stand in our faith. We add to our faith goodness, who we are, okay? Because of the Holy Spirit. To the goodness, we add knowledge, right? Uh, Of knowing him more and how we know him more. Up to knowledge, we add self-control because now we have the mind of Christ. And then self-control, we go to what? Perseverance. Perseverance, which is what? It, which is what? Not your abandoning your post. Right? Perseverance doesn't mean you're going to grit and bear it and go, go through it. Okay? That's not perseverance. In the Greek, the term that Peter used is not abandoning your post. It doesn't matter if you're bored. It doesn't matter if you're endangered. It doesn't matter if you are... Um, you know, whatever's happening to you, okay, it, the outside, all the circumstances, it doesn't matter. What matters is a military term that you stand your post. No matter what comes along, you stand your post. Did Jesus stand his post? Yes. Oh, yeah. Did he go all the way to the cross for us? Oh, yeah. Absolutely he did. He persevered. That's what it means. You stand your post. You do not abandon because if you abandon, you're AWOL. Right? You're AWOL. And he says, that's not what you do. You stand your post. And it doesn't matter what comes at you. You just keep standing. Remember how we learned in, at the end of First um, Peter? How we learned to resist the devil, right? Stand firm in your what? Faith. And then he'll what? He'll flee from you, right? You don't run from him or he does what? He chases after you, right? We're standing firm on the rock, our faith. 
Okay, our faith in Jesus Christ. So that perseverance, as we as we do not abandon the post, what happens is we realize that we're able not to abandon the post because we have the what? Mind of Christ. We have mental clarity. Right? We have, we have mental clarity. We have toughness. We will continue to keep on keeping on because we have mental clarity, because we have the mind of Christ. And we have the mind of Christ because we know Him more. And we know Him more because we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is based on our faith. Right? Do you see how it goes backwards? As well. You have to add them in succession. And in Second Peter that we read, you have to add them in increasing measure. And if you add them in increasing measure, you will never fall. You will never fall. You might trip up, you might do this, but you're never going to fall. Because we have everything we need for life here and life there. Everything we need for godliness. Okay, so what's next? After perseverance. Excellent. Godliness. Okay, so let's open up to Second Peter. Okay. Second Peter, you know, would you pass this around, hon? Somebody wanted to sign up last week and I failed. Second Peter, and let's just read and we'll get to godliness and, and go on. Second Peter, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory. That's His, that's his um, fingerprints, right? His glory, His glory, His glory. Fingerprint and goodness. That's the excellence of His deeds. Goodness. Excellence of His deeds. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Where do evil desires come from? Inside, right? Evil desires, I can't say, oh, Doris made me do that. Right? I can't say that. I can't. <laughs> it's, it's fun, right? Satan will say, oh sure, blame and excuse, blame and excuse, right? Uh, but my own evil desires, the Word of God says, does what? Leads me to what? Sin. Sin leads to destruction. Destruction leads to death, okay? So within me is my own evil desires. For this very reason, then, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Now we know what these are. Goodness, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they... In other words, these qualities that are from God will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge, in, in knowing him more, of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fail. Excuse me, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember we talked about that last week, about the rich welcome? Rich welcome, right? My sister and I went to see our other sister in, in uh, Colorado, and we received a rich welcome, right? We didn't just receive, oh, hey, see ya. Right? No, she was excited. We hadn't seen her for a year. Right? We got a rich welcome. When we adopted Tori, right? We got rich welcome. 30 people at the airport, big welcome home in Victoria. Rich welcome. We will receive a 
rich welcome, right? If you continue to do this, that means that you will have life abundant here and you'll have a rich welcome there. Who doesn't want that? Right? It's a win-win situation. And so, and so we go to, um, from perseverance to godliness. Okay, so godliness, when you look at the literal translation of that, it means, it means good devotion. Good devotion. Reverence. Reverence. Okay? And so, I, I write it this way. A wholehearted and unwavering commitment to God's characters and ways. Big, big time key words here are wholehearted and unwavering. A wholehearted and unwavering commitment to God's characters, excuse me, God's character and ways. We're God's characters. <laughs> His God character, right? <laughs> A wholehearted and unwavering commitment to God's character and ways. Okay? So, that's godliness. If that's godliness, then what's the enemy of godliness? Worldliness. Excellent. Worldliness. Okay? Worldliness. So you are in one of the two camps that's happening. Either you are in the Word, okay? Either you're in God's Word right here, and He's conforming you to the likeness of His Son. Right? Or you are in the world, and you're being squeezed into its mold. One, you will be godly. The other, you'll be worldly. Okay? You know... It's just that simple. It's just, it's just that simple. So you're like, well, why am I... Th-? It's, it's because you're doing this. Okay? Godliness is good devotion, reverence, wholehearted, unwavering commitment to God's character and ways. Okay? And so we, we are either captive to Him or we're captive to worldliness. Right? We're captive to the world's ways. We're captive to the world's habits. We're captive to the world's system. And then we're being squeezed into the world's mold. And so, the godly woman, okay, consistently, the word is consistently, the godly woman consistently exalts God and you can see it through her qualities that are overflowing out of her of Jesus Christ. Okay? In increasing measure. Add to your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, pursue. Okay, so you can continue to see that. So as a godly woman, you check yourself. You check yourself. Am I exalting God in all my ways, in all my thinking, in all my speech? Because then what happens is I'm exalting him in that. Okay, it reveals Christ to people around me. Right? Remember the water wheel thing? Remember? Right? The water wheel is a springs of living water and going because it reveals Christ. It reveals Christ's purity. It reveals Christ's sacrifice. It reveals Christ's love. It reveals his, his qualities to others around us. In other words, you're filled up to overflowing. And it re- because, you guys, you can't muster that up, right? These are all gifts from him. All gifts from Him. And, and we continue to add to that because of our knowledge of Him, right? As we get to know Him more. And so then as we get to know Him more, we become more like Him. The more we know about Him, the more we know of Him, the more we, you know, are Him to people around us. Okay? So godliness, opposite of worldliness. So what I want you to do is I want you to check your choices right now. Check your choices, right? Because it's going to reveal... If you're exalting God in things, or if you're not. And one will be godliness, the other is worldliness. And so, check your choices. What are you watching on TV? Right? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What kind of music are you listening to? 
By the way, Stuart Briscoe will tell you, any kind of music you want to listen to is fine. Christian music is defined by its lyrics. Are you following me? Okay. You know, I mean, it, like some of the kids listen to um, Lecrae. He's a, he's a rap artist who is all, all Christ, you know, words, all Christ words. And his, his testimony is amazing, this, this. Okay, not my personal favorite, right? But it doesn't mean that it's not Christ, Okay, all right, because it's the lyrics. It's absolutely the lyrics, and so, and so, what are you listening to? Okay, who are you hanging with? I'm not, you know, obviously we're to be a friend of sinners because Jesus is. Okay, but bad company corrupts good morals. We're not supposed to be um, best buddies with those who are walking, you know, in in worldliness, who who are who don't know Him, right? Because what will happen is we'll be corrupted. Okay, so check your choices. Just, you, you know, just check your choices. Am, am I living, you know, being conformed to the likeness of his son? Or is the world trying to squeeze me into its mold? Because I'm telling you, the world is trying to desensitize us. The world is trying to desensitize us every, every which way they're trying to desensitize us. You know, po- politically and what people believe and all kinds of stuff. It's trying to desensitize and, and go totally against uh, what the Word of God stands for. So, you know, it, are you standing and saying, you know what? This is the Word of God, right? Yeah. God's Word, I believe it, right? I believe it. It's true, that settles it. I mean, it's a done deal, right? That doesn't mean that you become self-righteous. That doesn't mean you find, you know, stuff in there and go around and start being the finger pointer. Remember the big old log I had in my eye, right? And then a little speck in your little eye, right? What did I have in my eye? Was it a horse? It was a horse. It was a horse in my eye. I'm going around pretending it's a log. I'd be like, you look ridiculous, guys. You know, meanwhile, I've got this log out of my eye, right? Or a horse. Actually, the horse's rear end was in my eye. <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. It was great. Great. So, so godliness. Guys, hang on to that. Because remember, as you add to your faith, what's next? What's that? Goodness, okay? Who you are. You add to your goodness what? Knowledge. Knowledge. You're knowing him more, right? And we, and we found out how you know him more. You add to your knowledge what? Self-control, which is what? Which is what? Mind of Christ. Self-control what? Perseverance, which is what? You don't abandon. You don't abandon your post. No matter what's coming at you, don't abandon your post. And then as you keep standing there, what happens? You add to what? Godliness. Godliness. You guys, of course it would be godliness. Because you're standing in your post. Because you have the mind of Christ. Because are you following me? You go backwards and it just absolutely follows. So, so godliness then is built on all of those things that you are already adding in increasing measure. Okay, so from, from godliness then, I, uh, I want you to go to the next one. What's the next one? Brotherly kindness. Brotherly, it's an old word, isn't it? Brotherly kindness. Nobody says that anymore, right? Brotherly kindness. And that original word is what? It's based on a, a city in, in Pennsylvania. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Right? It's the original word is Philadelphia, okay? And 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 quite frankly, that word has a very narrow and technical meaning. Okay, and this is what it means. To love the sons of my father. That's what Philadelphia means. Brotherly kindness. To love the sons of my father. Now I want you to go back with me and think about um, Old Testament. Think about what was okay. Think about David. Think about how many wives David had. Okay, or Solomon had. Okay, and think about how they had children. Okay, and then think about how the children 
Even though this person came from a different mom, 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 they are to have brotherly kindness. They are to have Philadelphia. They are to have love the sons of my father. Are you following me? They're to love the sons of my father. Okay, in other words... These different, let's just say sons right now, these different sons would not have necessarily natural affection for one another, would they? No, no. They would not have natural affection for another, okay? However, they would love their father, okay? Their earthly father. They would love their earthly father, and for the sake of their earthly father, they will practice Philadelphia. Are you... Yes, no kidding how cool. Now you're finding what brotherly kindness means. It doesn't just mean giving somebody a cup of water. This is big stuff. This is hard stuff. Without your faith, without adding to your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen because you're not going to love the unlovely. You're not going to love the person next to you, okay? You're not. There isn't going to be a kindness situation going on. But brotherly kindness, Philadelphia, means that, that, that for the sake of the Father, you'll practice Philadelphia, love for each other. Okay? And so Philadelphia, in short then, is loving what the Father loves for the sake of the Father. Loving what the Father loves for the sake of the Father. Not for the sake of the brothers or the sake of the daughters, but for the sake of the Father. Are you following me? That's what brotherly kindness is. Right? Same with us. Same with us. You love vertically. You love the Father and what He loves for the sake of the Father. Right? Because you love Him. Therefore, you can love each other. And He said, I came to love the what? Unlovely. Anybody can love the lovely. I came to love the unlovely, right? Feelings, feelings have nothing to do with brotherly kindness. Nothing to do. That's why all of these gifts from the Lord are based on your what? Faith. Based on your faith. Okay? Has everything to do with your faith and obedience. Nothing to do with your feelings. Nothing. And so if you're walking by your feelings, there's no way that you're going to have the love that the Father has for each other just for the sake of the Father. Just for the sake of the Father. Just for the sake of the Father. Isn't that, you know, when you go back and you study and see what that word means, doesn't that just put a whole new spin on that for you that you understand what this brotherly kindness is to come alongside one another, right? has nothing to do with with our feelings, okay? It's, it's God's love in your heart that you're filled up to overflowing that spills out. Did you want to say something? Everybody, not just our brothers and sisters. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Usually, neighbors. <laughs> Amen. I'm with you, Emmy. Yes, Doris, honey. I'm just a little confused because they think back on the Old Testament, there is a lot of where the brothers hated each other and the brothers hated the father. Exactly. I know. Okay, so how does that work into Well, because he's he's sharing, using an analogy, brotherly kindness, that this word is Philadelphia and this is what should be done. Now, was it done? No. 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 This is what 
the word of God says this is what should be done. Was it done? No. Absolutely. There was a lot of yuck. Go ahead. When you're saying that the display that for the sake of the father is more respect to the father versus Yes. Respect to the father, they're going to get along with each other. Yes. Not necessarily that they love their father. No. 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 And they are they are they are communing with one another because of the respect of the father. Exactly. Her because you're loving what the Father loves. Right. Exactly. The Heavenly Father. You're loving what the Heavenly Father loves for the sake of the Heavenly Father. We're saying we need to be obedient to God who calls us to love. That's our yep. that's that's how we need to walk. Yeah. Is to honor him first. Amen. Absolutely. And honoring him, we honor her by loving her. And, and love covers what? Multitude. Multitude of sin. How will they know you by but by your love. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're saying we just keep loving her. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, and, and you know, those words will not return void because that's the word of God with your Abbey and you watch what's going to happen. You watch what's going to happen. It's sweet. What a blessing. It's sweet. I mean, blessing comes in strange packages. Yeah. Amen. Amen, he does. Okay, so let's go on to love then because he had to do your brotherly kindness, what? Love. And love is the capstone of all of these. Love is the capstone, okay? So you start with your faith as your rock, right? You add to your faith goodness. Who you are, right? The Holy Spirit, and you add your goodness, knowledge, knowing Him more, you add your knowledge. What? I want you to know this. What do you add next? Self control, which is what? Mind of Christ, you add your self control, what? Perseverance, you're not going to abandon the post, right? You're staying right there. And then perseverance, what? Godliness, okay, godliness. Brotherly kindness, then, then on top of it all, love. That's the capstone. Okay, and that's a capstone. And the word love here, as you can imagine, is the word agape. Okay, it's not filio, it's not friendship love, it's not uh, eros, which is erotic, you know, married love. It's, it's agape. It's absolutely loving as the Father loves, by the power of the Father. Okay, loving as the Father loves, by the power of the Father. Okay, and the Holy Spirit in you, right? He's your power. Okay, that's the only way, you know, that's sacrificial love. That's, that's love without anything in return. That's love that is sacrificial. That's love that had him hang on the cross for us, right? That's agape love. That's the kind of love that is that capstone over uh, all of us, okay? Uh, it's loving, it, this agape love is, is loving the least of these, okay? Uh, Lynn, would you look at Matthew for me, please? Matthew 25, 45, okay? It, it, Jesus teaches us that you love the least of these. Okay, those that quote unquote, you know, are, are beneath us, those who we'd rather quite frankly ignore. Which could be our earthly father or our earthly mother in law. Right? It could be. Twenty five forty five. Twenty five forty five. Right? It could be, right? Those who are who are beneath us or who we'd really rather ignore. And he calls us to love them, agape. What does it say, sweetie? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. He calls us, that's it, sweet, thanks. He calls us to love to the least of these, those we would rather ignore. You guys, we will always have our flesh in us, sadly to say. That means that there will always be this thing about, you know, I'd rather ignore that. I'd rather ignore that person. That per, you know what? That person, those expectations, all those, it has totally failed me. 
And I'd rather ignore that person. And he calls us to agape them. To agape them. Right? Because remember, you're adding to all of this. So as you're overflowing, right, the capstone is love. And so what's happening is you're like, okay, okay, this is for the Father. Right? I'm loving what the Father loves, who the Father loves, through the Father, right? Only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you continue to love, okay? And then, and then he calls us to love the most of these. Okay? You guys, there are people in your life that maybe that you think that are above you or something, or they, they've shared that with you, and, and you're prone then to resent those people. It's a, it's a fleshly thing to do. We are called to love them, to agape them, those who are above us. We're called to absolutely love them. We are called to love them as the Father loves by the power of the Father. Right? So beneath, the ones that are beneath us, ones that are above us, right? And then also he calls us to love the worst of these. Right? The worst of these. Okay? People, you know, against us whom we're absolutely quick to despise. Beneath us, love beneath us, above us, right? And the worst of these. That, an agape love covers everything. Covers everything, okay? And so this, uh, this agape love is for, it, it, it's for losers, it's for winners, it's for enemies, right? It's for everybody. It's how we came to know Christ, right? Through his agape love, through his sacrificial love. How can we not love each other that way? Because we love him for the sake of the Father, it goes back to that, right? Over and over and over again. And, and to love such as these, those are beneath, above, worst, right? To love such as these, um, no one can do it in their own strength. That's for sure. No one can do it in their own strength. You may be able to try, but I promise you, you're going to fail within an hour, a day, a week, whatever. You cannot love in your own strength that way. That's not agape love. That's not agape love. We need God's absolute transcendent, chastening, empowering, holy love to flow in us and through us to them. In us and through us so that we might love as he loves. There's a capstone. And see, that's how we know that we are, right, in increasing measure, participating in the divine nature. Because the big capstone of that is that we will love as he loves. And guess what? These irritants and these people and everything that's put in our life or how we're raised or whatever, you know what? It doesn't bug us anymore. Because you know what? But for God's grace, that would have been me. Because you just love them. Right? You love them. And love covers a multitude, multitude of sins. And he says, those who are forgiven much, love much. You love much. You are forgiven much. You love much. You live in such a grateful heart. You're such a dependent creature on him that you can't help but love those beneath us, above us, worse than us. You can't help because guess what? His love, his love covers a multitude of sins. He went to the cross for everybody. For everybody. And I am so, so thankful for that. You know, and when you demonstrate that kind of agape love to the next person, you know, you, you, you catch it. You catch it. You, you, you know, I know Marilyn and I saw that all the time in our mom. All the time in, in, in that kind of love through my mom. You know, and, and, and I learned to exhibit this kind of love by going through what I went through with Brian's mom. And, and, 
And you know, many of you know the story. Uh, Brian's mom, um, Brian and I were married in '87, and um, um, so for eight years, uh, Brian's mom and dad, Brian's mom and dad did not know Jesus, and so for eight years, uh, they decided that um, you know they needed to tell me that I was the worst thing ever on this planet that married their only son. And so they made sure to. They uh, called. They called all my family and told my whole family what how horrible I was. Quite frankly, they already knew how horrible I was because I had been horrible. So it's nothing that they didn't know. Uh, and then and then she called and and would talk to us all the time. And she would say horrendous things to me uh, that you shouldn't even repeat as a human being. And uh, and uh, at one point, you know, and, and every time she would start on, I would say. Obediently, I'd say, well, you know, um, Mom or Gladys, whatever, I'd say, you know, um, right now it's not very productive um, talking right now. And so, you know, when we want to be able to share, uh, I'd love to be able to call you back or call me back, and I love you, and I'd hang up the phone. Then I'd get either on my car or whatever, and I'd go, Lord, what's going on? Oh, help, help, right? It's like, and I'm like, Lord, I don't want to lose my testimony. I want her to see the love of Christ, the love of Christ, because no way. Did I love this woman? No way. Did I love this woman? Except through Jesus. Except through him. And for eight years, she did this continually, not only to Brian, but to me, continually. Um, many times she called and she'd just leave messages. Um, that was back when you had messages, on message machines. And she would say, um, Margo, you know, I just wish you were dead. And I'd say, um, okay, Lord. I give this to you because you know what? She doesn't know any better. Let me see her through your eyes. She doesn't know any better. And I have been where she was. I might not have said something like that, but guess what? Sin is sin. Sin is sin. And I'm like, oh God, let her just see Jesus in us. And so eight years continue to pass on. And she goes in for, um, this is before we have children, she goes in for a routine back surgery. Um, my mom had written her an incredible letter to encourage her, to say she's praying for her, to, to come alongside her. My mom shared a portion of her testimony in it, and, and just scripture, and just as my mom would do. And uh, she goes in for surgery, and she dies twice on the table. They have to flip her over, and they cut through all kinds of her ureter, all kinds of stuff, and she was just filling up, filling up, filling gangrene, filling up. They took liter upon liter upon liter. She needed uh, 37 uh, pints of blood. And she continued to be in, uh, they gave her a 10% chance of living. She needed to be in ICU. Brian and I quick went there, and... <coughs> and um, and we were in ICU. I did not recognize her. She had 70 pounds of water weight on her. And, uh, and I remember walking in, and I remember thinking, Lord, just let me love her as you would love her. Just let me love her. She was with it. She had, um, she was um, intubated. Uh, she had a chalkboard. She was with it. And uh, the nurse said, she only has a 10% chance of living, and she's got to let go of this piece of paper in her hand. And so Brian said, well, have you read it to her? And he, they said, yeah. And she said, hey, Mom, um, you need to let go of this. You need all your energy to live because um, you only have a 10% chance of living, and so please give this to me. And it was the letter that my mom had written. And so Brian read it to her again. And it was full of agape love. 
knowing what she had said about me as my mom's daughter. Just full of brotherly kindness, full of a copy love. Shared her life with her, shared how she had been uh, someone like, like Gladys and this, this, and just shared her whole life. And so Brian got done and said, uh, Mom, wouldn't you like to know Jesus like Mary does? Wouldn't you like to know Jesus? And she took out her chalkboard and she wrote, I already have. And he said, what do you mean? Did you already accept Jesus? And she nodded. Yeah, I did. She told us later that that she wanted to hold on to that letter because she knew she was dying and she believed Jesus died for her and she had asked forgiveness and she wanted to show Jesus the letter. I believe this. I believe As I sat and rubbed her legs that were really, really puffy, I just thought, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. It is so worth it. Those eight years were nothing compared to one person coming to know Jesus personally, passionately, now powerfully and preeminently over her life. She just turned 80 years old, and God is still working in her life and using her amazingly. My kids have grandparents that love Jesus now, even though my parents are in heaven. They moved to heaven. You know why? Because of a God they love. It is worth it. It's always worth it. At the time, you don't know the unseen. You don't know how God's working. You have no idea. And look how he orchestrated, how that letter showed up and how the nurses read it. And this, Look how it all worked out. Look how God work that always for our good and for his glory agape love is always worth it and as Brian was leaving and um, his dad was driving him to the airport Brian looked at him and said hey you know dad you know mom knows Jesus now and everything and Lord willing she'll be living a long time with you Don't, wouldn't you like to ask Jesus as your savior he said yeah I would so his only son got to lead his dad to know Jesus My love is worth it. You may think we're not called to love those beneath you, those enemies, those above you, but we are. And he will always redeem it somehow. And through it all, he changed me. He changed me. That's 20, let's see, 25 years ago. No, let's see, eight. It'd be 19 years ago that grandma came to know Jesus. And I'm the beneficiary of that. And so are my kids. And I remember one time when I shared this story, a lady came up to me afterwards when I was speaking, and she said, did she ever ask you for forgiveness for everything that she said? And I said, you know what? That never went through my mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That it never went through my mind. Because my love 
would be like, hey, hey, what about all these eight years? What about all this crap we went through, huh? What about that? Thank you, Jesus. Never went through my mind. And I looked at the lady and I went, you know, that never went through my mind. And you know what I think back? I don't think so. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm to act rightly before him. That's all I'm responsible for, right? I'm not responsible for anybody else's reactions. I'm to act rightly before him. You guys, I share that story with you because it's an extreme agape love. And I'm telling you, it's every single moment. It was with every call. It was with every this. It was with every, you know, talking to Brian. It was all the time that led up to the end result. Nothing to do with me other than me surrendering my will to the will of the Father. But that's why you got to be faith, right? Grounded in your faith. Add to your faith goodness, goodness, knowledge. Knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, right? That's why you need godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, then the capstone is, is what? That agape love. And look what he does with that. Look what he does with it. You're giving him every right. You know what, Lord? You know what? That's how you were treated. I mean, I mean this isn't even a, a, a tenth of what you went through. Not even a millionth of what you went through, Lord. And you go back to Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship in what? Sharing in his what? Sufferings. Right? And the fellowship. The fellowship of sharing his sufferings. Why? Because that's what happens. That's what he does. Always for our good and for his glory. So it's always, always, always for his, for his glory. And I share, you know, um, her name is Gladys, and I share it all the time. And she giggles now and everything, and she'll, I'll say, you know, Gladys, I said, I love how I'm able to share this. And it has nothing to do about me, but it's just how God has allowed me to learn this. And I remember a couple of times she's looked at me and she said, she said, um, you know, I look back at those times and I realize that God had such a purpose all the time and I didn't ever know because I didn't know him see we were always all, each of us have been at a point where we didn't know because just like you were saying sweetly about your mother-in-law she's so lost yeah. and you know what so was mine right but not lost enough that she can't be found right, right? and as you as you walk in that agape love you watch what's going to happen it's worth it it's worth it it's absolutely worth it. It's worth it. Absolutely worth it. Because, you know, when you're on the other side of the trial, you look back, you go, right? It's worth it. It will be worth it, all right, when we see Jesus. Okay, I want you to look at verses 8 and 9 for a minute because we walked through uh, verse 7 because verses 8 and 9 are how to use these qualities to measure our Christian walk. And so ver- verses 8 and 9 say, who has that? You guys, I, my Bible is developing. Qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification 
Okay, so how to use these qualities, right, to measure our Christian walk. All right, so um, in the Revised Standard, it says, if these things are yours and abound, and abound, okay? If we have these things and abound in these qualities, okay, if we abound in them, then it's evident to everyone. Are you following me? It's evident to everyone that, guess what? That we're not barren or, they're not what, or we're not unfruitful. We're not unproductive in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It becomes evident. Becomes evident to everybody, okay? And so the re, the revised standard words are barren and unfruitful, okay? Barren and unfruitful sadly, sadly characterize the lives of many Christians. Sadly. Because they don't want to do what it takes to keep on keeping on, to add to this, to add to this, right? In increasing measure, okay? And and they lack these qualities. You know why? Because they don't want to get to know him. Because they lack knowledge. Because to get to know Him, you need to be in the Word. You need to be worship. You need to be in prayer. Right? And it becomes this love relationship with Him. It's not that you need to be. It's you want to be. Right? It turns into this whole want to be. Because you're changed before Him. You want to be in community like we are here. You want to, you know, um, see Him in all creation. Every molecule shouts His name. Okay? So knowing Him relationally, relationally, okay, in an increasingly deeper and fuller sense. So that we're not unproductive. So that we're not, you know, unfruitful, okay? And so he says it abounds. These qualities abound. In other words, we're so filled up with them. We're filled up to overflowing. We abound. We abound, okay? And, and I, I, think, I think some may, of us may feel good with, when these qualities are seen in us just from time to time. Oh, look at that. Oh, Excellent. Look at that. I, I actually didn't do what I was... Oh, excellent. Whoa! Right? We're like, whoa! I mean, it, it, because you know what? It, it's so occasional that you have to like... You have to like jump up and down because you, you're like, whoa! Look at that. He doesn't say that, ladies. He says they're to abound in increasing measure. They're to abound. This isn't supposed to be an accidental... Oh, I was like Jesus this time. Oh! Wow! This is supposed to be your norm. This is spo- we're becoming holy as He's holy. This is supposed to be your norm. Abounding. All these things are abounding. Okay, and 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 I think we we settle for. Oh, I see this from time to time in myself. So I'm on the right track. He wants us to abound in that. Abound in these. Okay, and then He says, if you lack these things, what are you? You're ineffective and unproductive. Exactly, exactly, okay? And he says, if you lack these things, you are short-sighted. You are short-sighted even to what? Blindness. Blindness, even to blindness, okay? So if we lack these things, we have eye trouble, okay? We have eye trouble. We are short-sighted. We're unable to see God, okay? We're unable to see, and guess who we see? No. Ourselves. We, same thing, right. We see ourselves. Okay? Instead of seeing Him, we see ourselves. Okay? And we see ourselves. And this makes us virtually blind. Because we're looking at everything through our eyes instead of through His eyes. Okay? Showing us then that we have forgotten that we have been cleansed from our past sin. This is where you look back and see his faithfulness and we, we want to remember. I want to remember what I've been cleansed from. I want to remember what I've been cleansed from. No, you don't want to go back there, but you want to remember where you came from. 
Absolutely. So you can walk in that grateful heart. So you can go, oh, I'm cleansed for that. I'm not going to live in that anymore. I'm cleansed from that. Right? You're not short-sighted and blind. You look back and go, oh, I see that. Isaiah 40 says, but guess what? He's making a new path, right? Path in the wilderness. You just keep walking. That path in the wilderness. Behold, he's doing a new thing. Spurgeon says this. Such a man sees things of time, meaning of today, and fails to discern those of eternity. He sees himself and his fellow men, but not God. This nearsightedness is destructive of a true Christian experience and therefore makes your advance impossible. Did you hear that? Let me read it again. Such a man, in other words, he's talking about the person who's virtually blind, who's forgotten that you're cleansed from your past sin, okay? From his old yuck sin. Such a man sees the things of time, of today. That's what he sees, okay? And fails to discern those of eternity, the day. He's concerned about today, not the day, okay? He sees himself and his fellow men, but not God. This nearsightedness is destructive of a true Christian experience and therefore makes his advancing impossible. Impossible. Because all those are God's gifts to us. All of those. And you're all stuck on you. Who happens to be on the throne of your life? You, you ain't going to advance. It's as easy as that. You're not going to advance. You're going to be going backwards. You're going to be going backwards, okay? And the reason for this condition is stated, it's, he's forgotten that he was purged, right, from his past sin. I don't know about you, but I love that I'm purged from my past sin. Don't you? Thank you, Lord. Right? Not only am I purged from it, but he's forgotten about it. You ever bring up old sin to him? I, once in a while, I bring up old sin. I'll say, oh, Lord, you know what? I'm so about this. Uh, please, for, and he's like, hey, Margo, what sin? What sin? That's for God. That's what God can do. See, he's God, so he chooses to forget. We can't. But that's his quality. He chooses to forget, and he goes, oh, no, Margo. That, 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 that's under the blood. That's gone. That is absolutely gone. Don't ever revisit that. Oh, thank me for forgiving, but never revisit it. Never revisit that, right? Okay. In other words, Spurgeon says, that is to say, he has failed to respond to all the enlargement of life and vision which came to him when he received the cleansing of his nature at the very beginning of his Christian life. You're, you're still like, like looking back. But you're looking back in the wrong way. Not instead of thanking him, you're looking back. And then you start going back. And so, you know, perhaps he's forgotten how bad he was. See, if you don't realize how bad you were, then God's allowing Jesus to die on the cross is cheap grace. It's in vain. Nothing else could take your sin. Your past, present, future, nothing. No one else except Jesus. And if you... And, and if. And if you've forgotten how, how bad you are and how much you absolutely needed this cleansing, then, then it's cheap grace, isn't it? It's absolute cheap grace, right? It, it, it cost a great, great cost of purging my dirty, ugly self. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that because when you dwell on that, 
then you can agape love. you never forget oh it might not be the same kind as sin oh but sin is sin it's just the consequences that are different so you look back and you say oh god I purged from that how can you not love those that don't know you that's who he is in us right the great cost of purging us of our absolute filth sin and you know don't ever forget how complete and great that cleansing was. Right? Complete. Complete. Done. While we were yet sinners, he died for us, right? Romans 5 8, right? Past sin, present sin, future sin. Yes. Right? How complete cleansing is. What does Isaiah 1 18 say, right? Remember? Will your sin be as scarlet? It will be what? White as snow white as snow, right? Making a once guilty sinner like me now pure and white as snow. (laughs) How cool is that? Right? That's what he's saying. So, So when he talks about you add to all this, he says, then guess what? Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Hallelujah. Right? That's a hallelujah that we're, pl- we're cleansed from our past sins. Next week we're going to dig into about making our call and election sure. Okay? Those words sometimes confuse people, sometimes confound people. They're very easy words. Call and election. You're called and you're elected, okay? And, and, and whosoever will what, may what? Come. Whosoever will may come, right? For God so loved the world that he gave, right? I don't want anybody to perish, anybody to perish, but I want all to come to me, okay? So we're all what? We're all called, absolutely. We're all, all called. And we're going to talk about making our call and election sure, okay? And what happens is, as, as you're walking and adding to your faith this, 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 you're making your call and election sure because guess what? Then you don't doubt. Then you don't doubt. When I was growing up as a kid and, and you know, running forward every, every, you know, time there was an altar call somewhere, ah, I'm afraid I'm going to hell, ah, I'm afraid I'm going to hell, right? Guess what? Guess what? It... It, why was I doubting? Because you weren't sure. And I wasn't sure because I had no fruit. I had no this. I had no that. I had no this. I had no this. This, this. There's no fruit. Of course I would doubt. Because when you know that your goal is to know Jesus Christ personally, passionately, powerfully, and preeminently, and all of these things are what, right in increasing measure, do you ever doubt? There's no doubt. That's how you make your call and election sure. So we're going to go through that and, and, and read the, like the next five verses, which shows how to make your call and election sure. Because if you're walking in, in, in obedience and walking in who he is, you guys, you, you never doubt. You never doubt. Amen. He produces it through us, right? Um, let's pray. Are you wondering why your apples are not there? Oh! Well, you know... I had a couple people come up to me and they go, you know that apple thing, that uh, tree? Oh, 
Oh, yes, the apple tree that I always do. And they're going, can you get her to do it again? And I'm like, well, I, I can try if I put apples up here and... Uh, produce fruit. Produce fruit. Yeah. So do you, you think right. you could do a little, sh- a little shtick here? What shtick? You mean the apple stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, you just did it. Yeah, but you do it better. <laughs> you do it better. There's some new people here that might... Okay, you guys. How does an apple... How does this apple come? Does the apple sit on the end of the branch and go like this? And out pops an apple? Is that what happens? Is the apple willing itself on there? No. What happens? That's right. Excellent, Deb. It's becoming what it already is. Okay? It's becoming what it already is. All right, it's in, it's inherent in it, okay? And and as it abides on that tree, it becomes this amazing fruit. This amazing fruit. Amazing fruit. And so and so that that you know, as as we are continuing to add to our faith all of these qualities of of who he is. Guess what? This is what's happening to us. We're becoming uh, quite frankly my favorite one is that Michigan one. Um, Honeycrisp. We're becoming a great big huge Honeycrisp apple that when you bite into that thing, it just crisp and fresh and tart and sweet and oh, ooh, my mouth is salivating right now. Right? But that's that's who we become in him, right? On the end of that. So there you go, Lynn. That was the that was the apple. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we can uh, become great big Honeycrisps. Lord, and that's only through you. Only through you. And so, Lord God, may, may you just um, stop us in our tracks this week. Just stop us. And allow us to know that agape love is really worth it. That, that we love because you first loved us. And we are such you know, pitiful human beings. And to think that you would love us. And so, Lord Jesus, thank you that we can, we can then add to our faith all of these in increasing measure as we participate in your divine nature in us. Because you've given us everything for life and godliness. And then help us as we continue to walk this way, Lord, that we look back and we see the puke and the putrid sin that we are cleansed from forever. And so it's very easy to then pass along that agape love to one another. Because we love you. We can love them. So Lord, just uh, prick our hearts where they need to be. Uh, Mine, God, change my heart once again. And I just thank you for these precious women, Lord. I ask that you would uh, go deep into their lives. And if there needs to be uh, forgiveness, if there needs to be healing, if there needs to be some kind of confession to you, Lord, may, may they do that even today. And so they can walk and add all these qualities, God, in increasing measure. And you promise that we won't be unproductive or unfruitful. And so, Jesus, I thank you that that we can be that incredible honey crisp that's just absolutely there because we are in you. So, Jesus, uh, I love you. And I thank you for uh, just how you how you have given us this very day 
let us not turn from anything that you're sharing with us today, but let us turn to you and hear from you more and more. Take these precious women this week, Lord, and let them be disciples and be full of more and more and more of your qualities, Lord, and and that people around them would, would absolutely notice that they are abounding Abounding, not just the once in a while, like, hey, here it is, but that we're, we're abounding in who you are. And may we come back uh, and be excited about how you've changed us once again. So, Lord, thank you for letting us fall in love with you more, and uh, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, just... Amen. Yes, sweetheart. These books are free if anybody wants to read them. They're on the table. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to... Like, Excellent. They're on the table. 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 They're